friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my unruly Russian tank commander who talks like an American boy and co-host, Alex Dandino. Comrade All right, Dandino. guys, uh, another... S- Oh, Combat Dandino? Is that, comrade, is that your action figure? <laughs> comrade, comrade. Oh, comrade. Comrade, combat. Okay. Uh, <laughs> before we get to our stocking stuffer, de jour, a little business. Guys, if you're here with us, we hope you're enjoying your time. If that's the case, please take a second leave us a quick rating and review wherever you find the show. It helps us out a lot. It warms our hearts. Thank you to everyone who's been doing that. It does mean the world to us. We do see them. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. You can see uh, video versions of this podcast and some other fun stuff we're working on in 2021. 20, uh, we're going to be putting a lot more effort into our, our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. So make sure to go subscribe over there. If you want one of these awesome t-shirts I'm rocking, which you can see on the YouTube, these awesome Film Alchemist shirts, all of our social media accounts have uh, a link to our Tee Public store where you can get those. They are so soft. Get the tri-blend, so worth the money. Uh, on that note, also follow us on all the social media where you guys are. We're there. We love talking to you. Uh, it just it makes us all worthwhile, man. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com, with your ideas for movies you'd like to hear us cover, new, old themes, double features, what have you. Anything you want us to talk about, we want to get to that, man. Um, on that note, we're here for our last uh, round of stocking stuffers. Almost done. A last second entry that we just had to get to. We received a really nice email uh, from a listener who only calls himself Nick. Nick, a man of mystery. How do we even know it's Nick? We don't know. Maybe this is Russian interference with our our planned stocking stuffers, but who knows? Great. But this is exactly why we do listener picks, right, was this email. I'm going to read a bit of the email to you guys from listener Nick. Hi, guys. My name's Nick. Sure it is, comrade. And a while back, I stumbled across a movie I had never heard of. It completely blew me away, and so ever since, I've been desperately trying to convince everyone across movie fandom to give it a shot and hopefully drag it out of complete obscurity. The movie's called The Beast of War, a.k.a. The Beast, from 1988, directed by Kevin Reynolds, starring George Zunda? I think I pronounced that right. Jason Patrick and Stephen Bauer. Yeah. Zunda? Yeah. That's uh, I'm not great with names. I tried my best. Leave me alone. Uh, it was only released in two screens across the whole of the U.S. by Columbia Pictures. And I kid you not when I say it's the best Hollywood film you've never heard of. Uh, he goes on to talk about um, some people that have really liked it, how it has a lot more uh, ratings reviews. He's trying to get the word out. More podcasts, this and that. Maybe it can get a release from Scream Factory, things like this. Uh, that's Nick's dream for the movie, man. And what I loved about this email, it's a long, well-written email, but this is exactly what we love about this show and especially listener picks. Here's a guy who just, we've all seen so many movies, right? Through the the desert, the wasteland of cinematic scrolling that we all do, he found a movie he'd never heard of, and it blew his mind and, and lit a fire inside of him. Uh, so how could we not answer the call to discuss today's stocking stuffer for listener Nick, The Beast of War? Alex. Hit me up with your initial thoughts on this film. I mean, what a find, to be honest with you. Like, this movie is awesome. I, I'm not sure. And I I am with him. I had never heard of it in my entire life. 
like I am not a war movie guy, admittedly. I can say that. Like, I, I have watched plenty of them because I grew up in the Midwest with a dad who watched the History Channel all the time. So whenever there was a movie about some form of warfare, I ended up watching it. Uh, my, my, my dad was also not a vet. He just likes war movies and war history, like all kinds of shit like that. So we would just, like, watch that yeah. stuff. I'm surprised Have that you ever I watched... watch history channel for eight hours in a row. You don't know how hard it was like <laughs> it's weird because this is the kind of movie that would not have like passed by like, like guys like my dad who love this kind of shit, but it it's fascinating. And I, I think I know why it was not a popular American movie because it stars American actors. It stars popular character actors from most of from, from most of the nineties. Um, however, it deals exclusively with a Russian tank unit during the Afghan war, uh, between them and the Soviets. So there is no American context whatsoever, which is really fascinating. And also made me realize that's like probably one of the first times I've watched a movie about another war that America is not a part of like at all. So I'm watching it from the context of someone that has like no information and, I got to say, it did hit me a little differently. It's pretty fascinating. But, I mean, ultimately, what a, just, like, what a great movie. Like, just overall, a great movie. Yeah, so, no, I Nick's agree. Not wrong. I think. No, no, I mean, absolutely. This is the thing is, and this movie kind of hits me exactly where I like war movies. Because I, I also will be up front. I'm not a huge war movie guy. I think a lot of movie uh, war movies kind of dip into that faux patriotic propaganda kind of stuff which i don't dig right yeah but i do think there's something that's unbelievably fertile for narrative storytelling right when you talk about war it's this unbelievable event that we just keep finding ourselves falling into right like even watching the movie you're like how much does one of those fucking tanks cost like yeah how many houses could you build for human beings if you didn't have that fucking tank let alone i mean it's every it's just one of those things i've never been able to understand like why we have wars this isn't the best way to do things the fact that the guys who are doing all the fucking shit talking are not the ones fighting it's a baffling thing right right so i understand the allure for filmmakers it's and it, it is it's the truest life or death right what I think is so weird about this movie is, again, I didn't really read up on it. I just turned it on. I was like, we gotta, I got to get this watched and do notes for today. So I just started it without really looking anything up. I didn't realize until about 10 minutes in that those were not Americans, right? And so in that opening scene is just the opening, like, 15 minutes of this movie absolutely sing, right? It's a horrible, sad song, but it, it, they sing, man. And it took me a minute to be like, oh, my God, they're really going in on we are the bad imperialist force. Right. Yeah. And I, I was just like, they've shown it a little bit with like Vietnam movies. We are like, this one's really like, hey, Americans, fucking look in the mirror. <laughs> and it, it took me off guard until I realized, oh, they're just Russians that don't speak with even horrible yeah. made for I mean, TV I think Russian that's, accents. That's like a good and bad thing because it provides you with no context for their Russianness. <laughs> But then you also don't have to be distracted yeah. by like their over pronunciation. Like, I we have a really close, um, we have a really good friend of ours who's from uh, she's from Russia, and I give her shit all the time saying that um, 
John Malkovich and Rounders has the most authentic Russian accent I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> just because, like, just, just those three Oreos stuck to the roof of his mouth, Russian accent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because. But like, I will say, it does sort of take you out of it because you don't realize they're not American until like, literally, this is Kovarchenko, and you're like, that's that would have been just Smith in like every other movie about like guys in the desert together. Yeah. But like, and you I, know what's it's I strange like too because the the vernacular they use and the way they interact with each other feels one hundred percent American. Yes, right. And I guess oh, totally. this, I'll, I guess I'll ask it to you this way, right? Is it more distracting that they are Americans acting like Americans, right? So then we're sitting there like, wait, are we the bad? Are we the bad? Are we the Nazis by the end of the movie? Right, You're right, like, right. Is that us? Is that secretly? A-? It's like that Spider Man meme where they're pointing at each other, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Or is that kind of a good thing? It just takes you into this universality of it. Do you think it's worse if everyone, like, you know, the eighth Baldwin is doing the worst Russian accent the whole movie? I mean, this goes to this, like, this was a huge thing uh, this last year uh, when Chernobyl came out. Like, everyone's either British or, in some cases, uh, Scottish or Irish. Um, Didn't bother me at all, to be honest with you. I think it's one of those things that, if it's going to distract you from the actual narrative, then the story itself is not very good. And I think that speaks specifically to how good this movie is, is that I get over them not being, not having Russian accents almost immediately because the movie starts that yeah. you're right. Like that 15 minutes, which has virtually no dialogue, uh, crushes. It's incredible. And I don't care. Literally. Yes, in a lot of ways. Uh, But I just, I don't care because it doesn't distract from the fact this is a great story. It's a great movie that's occurring. And I think that that's always sort of the, that's always sort of the rub. It's like, it's not about authenticity. Like if you can, you can ask any actor to do a bad accent. I mean, we watch it all the time. I, you know, (laughs) some people think that like. Well, it is. It's it always makes me laugh. It's like you would think this movie's more authentic if it was just like, you know, uh, Jason Patrick. Hello, please. Hello. Presley I am a Jason Patrick. Like, yeah. If you can't do an amazing Russian accent and also if you're just going to speak in English the whole time, like what's the point? Who cares? It's one of those things that the authenticity in film critique that you hear a lot. Yeah kind of bothers me because film oh, totally by its very nature to me is one of the most obtrusive to falling into a full reality because it's constant every edit every all these things are constantly reminding you that the sausage is being made right and that you're right. cranking the gears as much as anything else so i to me it's like you take that out and again it just kind of works because it's it's not as much about which countries right it's just this classic richer more advanced nation crushing another nation right right which i would say the only thing that weird weirded me out watching it is that there are so many moments that are just absolutely felt american to me right watching george zunga slowly begun begin to devolve into his racism towards the translator and this and that that felt like a really american beat you know what right so there are these moments where you're like but I think that's kind of a cool effect of the decision, right? I like that a lot because what it does is universalizes the whole thing. Like, 
There's never yeah. been a time where people haven't looked down on someone else saying like, well, I am a superior person because I'm from so-and-so and I'm from somewhere oh, yeah. and somewhere and somewhere. Like that universalizes the story so much that again, all of this like, oh, what war is this? How is the story playing out? It all melts away and it just literally becomes this sort of yeah. parable about the right thing to do versus the wrong thing to do and the right way to go about it. Like I appreciate that a lot in this movie and i think that's the thing that makes it the bet makes it the better story of many war movies is that like even like look saving private ryan is a very easy one like nazis are bad everybody else is except for like italians at that point and uh japanese people uh not japanese army but like that's the problem is like they villainize the other side so well because obviously history did too so there's no like question about who's doing the right thing. I like that this movie yeah. literally is just about guys in the desert lost and they're just having to decide upon yeah. amongst themselves what the right thing to do is. Yeah, and that that's the thing too is when you take the Americanness out, right? When we watch movies about the American military in action, right? Right. Even the Vietnam movies usually portray most of the soldiers as they were just in an unwinnable scenario like right most of them wanted to be good even if colonel kurtz is like whoo that guy's out there <laughs> right like they mostly like if only it had been handled better they we would have been the good guys that's who we think we are right right so take that out right and again i think what's cool about this is it is it's just lord of the flies yeah it's a much. classic parable about the myths that we create to fucking make other people monsters, right? Totally. And again, the opening 15 minutes of this is some of the best filmmaking I've seen in a long time. Um, I just love, it's such an effective open to a war movie, right? Because instead of troops in their, you know, carriers, like getting ready to storm the beach at D-Day, right. right? Pull it out from that, right? Pull it out from bunkers and trenches and Nazis and tanks and enemy combatants, right? This is a, a very different, start you know than a lot of war movies so here's a small village right we see scenes of peace right there's goats there's children playing and laughing people waking up taking in this beautiful day it, it's just all of these idyllic scenes right this right. countryside village right living life just like us got to get up got to do what we got to do take care of the kids oh look the kids are laughing and running boom and then fucking all hell starts breaking loose and so what we're seeing is not troops killing troops, which is one of those weird human things we've decided is okay. That's a fair play, right? Even though under those uniforms are just usually young kids, right? This one takes that away and says this is an absolute small village with, you know, no seeming technology or anything like that being crushed. Like that the actual calm is interrupted by a jet engine, right? Yeah. Explosions, multiple tanks coming in, blowing through the house. And then you just a lot of cutaways to just corpses. Yes. So the scenes of everyday life that we just saw that looks and feels like our life, even though it's across the world, uh, and then just insert corpses in. There's so many shots in that opening 15 minutes that are just gut-wrenching to take, but I think that that dynamic, they pull off really well, right? And, and again, I think also to note, that's not a cheap trick to just make us think the Russians are bad. I think this movie really plays it. No. Both sides do think they're in the right. Right. I mean, I think that's, again, this goes back to the value of 
not storming the beaches at Omaha. Like you don't have like without a huge epic opening to a movie like this. And you do have this like I mean it's still hugely epic but on its own scale. I think the thing that I like the most yeah. is that there's no one there saying intimately like, epic. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I, there's no one there though saying like these guys are bad, these guys are good. Get it, get it, get it. all right, great, get away, get about Like there's no one, there's no fodder in the background giving me any sort of context for it. And like again, I'm this is a value of being. <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this in 2020. This is the value of being from America, is that I have no frame of reference for this movie at all. So. <laughs> My frame of reference is like, no, those guys seem like they're being real dicks by uh, crushing that guy's legs and yeah. uh, entire body with their with their tank. That seems unnecessary. And I'm like, I mean, well, that, that seems wrong. Yeah, no, that's like a clear like that sucks. You should not. There's better ways to solve <laughs> better way to scare the sure. locals. Right. But think of that, though, man, it's one of those kind of uniquely American movie audience things is we don't have a modern war that was fought like imagine if that was my neighborhood i lived in totally and a tank was driving through my town and my son was sitting out there without his diaper as an orphan now like that's a completely different you i mean we had 9-11 right mm -hmm. and that's you know probably the biggest that's attack the closest we've ever gotten to that kind of thing in modern history and that was so i remember i was a senior in high school and i was like fuck i'm getting drafted like i'm yeah. i'm gonna be fighting in world war three like i just knew my life had changed and and so but this is the thing there are parts of the world that would watch this movie and be like yeah that like my relatives i'm obviously part syrian mm -hmm. my relatives in syria are dealing with this right now there's horrific warfare where they fucking live right and i think again that's another one of those american things that we have trouble bonding with but when you show us the village as it was right and you show these things i think it's so I think there's so much that we do in our world where we're like, everything's so different. We're different and different, different, different. And you look and it's like, dude, we're all just doing the same thing. We're all scared of the same fucking right. things. Like there are cultures. I mean, and I, this guess, and that. I guess I guess nowadays the, at the base root. This movie just distills those images that yeah. make it intimate to us as strangers. Right. Exactly. I mean, like it's um, it's just so foreign to us. <laughs> it's so foreign to us. That concept. <laughs> And we're not dealing yeah, with, dude. like, what's weird, I mean, like, I hate to put it this way, but, like, I guess if I was going to, like, make a – if you're going to make a movie about – with the contextualization that we're looking at in this movie, I mean, I guess you'd set it in a high school where there's definitely been a school shooting at that point. Like, honestly, that's, like, the new warfare, to be honest wow. with you. I mean – That's a horrifying but probably true – like, yeah, our modern I mean, I, war Again, I hate to be that guy, to and I hate to Kevin. say it, but it's <laughs> like, probably the truth. Like, no, that's the American war movie. Yeah. It's terrible. But no, think of this, though, right? One of the one of the kind of sneaky tricks that they accomplish that I really found helped me a lot with, you know, the back and forth of this. Because right. I was if, if this was just going to be about evil tankers – crushing villages i was like i don't know that i can do this for a whole movie man this movie is fucking brutal right when yeah, they totally. actually run that motherfucker over i couldn't believe it i was like <gasps> yeah i was like right. i was like oh god are they gonna These show guys it? are coming in right oh my god and they're just they're burning houses they're shooting goats uh they're poisoning the water this is just a never-ending series of nefarious choices right yes but they cut away and above the village there's one gun right some guy runs up and he takes a a rocket shot, right? 
boom. And then, uh, you know, the women are banging the tank with rocks, and they gas that lady and just roll her off the top like she's trash, right? Yeah. Horrifying images. Unbelievable. But what that does, though, and something the movie gets into a lot is they'll have these cutaways where you just hear them talking about the enemy as if they're this mythological beast and not another human. Right. Right? So we see that uh, the people of the village actually do firebomb and take out a tank. So these nefarious, horrible villains that we've been seeing that are even poisoning the water, right? Murdering the goats, killing women and children. This is not a fucking military installation that they're raiding, right? It's hard to watch. But those couple scenes give you the context of why human beings can do this, right? Oh, look, well, they just killed four of my best friends in that fucking tank. Those monsters, right? They would have killed me if they had a shot with that rocket. Those monsters, and so the movie does this great job of because that the the parallel to that scene is when uh, the people come back and find their village decimated, right? Their right. children in the buildings, right? And it's it's fucking atrocious. Oh my and god! You hear them. You you see the sadness and the the unbelievable horror of that moment harden on their faces into I must Little destroy baby these thing monsters. Hit me. The little baby running around. I, I'm telling you, like, I was, mm. I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it through. Like, it was just brutal and visceral imagery. It's real. it's really sad, man. <laughs> but, but I think that's that extra level that they understand, right? Because one of the things this movie does so well is it reminds us that to be involved in these things like war, there is a base level dehumanization that has to take place and occur. And I love that the movie spends time showing how the 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 hurt and the pain of what we're doing to each other hardens us and it becomes this never ending snake eating its tail. Right. Where you took something from me, so now I have to do that back to you and worse. And it's like, yeah, of course this is gonna just spiral out of control. And every side thinks they have you know, the Russians constantly are talking about them like they're savages, they're beneath us. We're the saviors of this land, and then they're the oppressive force, right, coming into this territory and trying to crush them with their, you know, mighty mythological beast. And I, that that extra level, I appreciated so much, right? I that's what I love about war movies is when they get into those deeper, you know, kind of human condition moments. Because I don't think there's probably any theater, no pun intended, right, where the the, the fucking ethics of human nature are more crystallized and have bigger stakes than war. Totally. You know I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the word. That's the thing that, again, it's the thing that melts away. Everything is this movie ends up being about the right and wrong thing in terms of just humanity. And I mean, you're totally right. This, that's, what's great about this story is that human rights violations, all that stuff that you should not be doing at war, all the stuff that like, you think makes you better like to be better like that is the mission of anyone in that situation anyone in that that's why jason patrick is the character who has like that's the character with the conscience because you have to be better or at least you have to think you're being better obviously they're not but like you well, have gonna, to think you're being that better. that's a weird choice up front yeah but walk me through this right so our moral compass of the movie starts the movie off so the first thing we see from this guy who's our moral compass yes. 
is he staring a man in the face who smiles back at him and willingly runs him over with a tank. Later, we see he's actually just Play-Doh'd across the sand. Yes. And it's horrifying. So the guy that we spend the rest of the movie using as our our uh, moral our pot of empathy, as you if you will, right, starts the movie by running one of these fucking guys over with a tank. Right, and I think that's the crazy. It's thing an about unbelievable it too, decision. The morality of the decision, especially in the movie, like in the context and framework of the movie itself, is he's ambivalent about the decision as he's like doing it, and I'm like, dude. Why is this even a question? He freezes for about a second. Yeah. Yeah. But they almost play it as he only freezes because the guy's smiling and he's like, that's a weird flex to smile at me before I run you the fuck over. Right, right. While your wife weeps on the side. It's, it's, un- I mean, it's like, imagine the novel Lord of the Flies if, uh, you know, Ra- is it Ralph? Who's the main kid? Ralph? I think Ralph, yeah. Because there's Ralph and then there's the choir boys. I'm trying to remember all their Ralph, names, right? Piggy. But imagine if the main. Simon Simon's a quiet anywho we don't need to diverge but imagine if our main character the first time they have the meeting of the conch fucking slits the throat of three choir boys right later in the film when they drop that rock on piggy it feels a little more justified you know what I mean you'd be like well he did slaughter you know Huey Dewey and Louie from the soprano section of the school choir I don't feel as bad for his friend piggy you know what I mean? it's an it didn't really dawn on me until David. like later That's when he's doing that he's playing chess and talking about ethics right, right. uh with samed and i was like yeah no i don't I don't think so, dude. I don't think you should get off the hook for what's happening right here. well, I think that's like the deceptive thing about this movie is because to me it's like the biggest flaw for me is that they do by the end sort of let jason patrick's character off the hook for being like a total bastard simply because like he joined forces realizing that what he was doing was wrong it's like you knew already like there's nothing about what you're doing that but that's the thing is like they spend after that event at the very front of the movie after them literally turning that guy into (laughs) stew meat they spend the rest of the movie trying to make jason patrick's character like work in this sympathetic sense. And I appreciate that. Like there is like this arc, which is okay, but like the inciting incident of your arc of being a better person shouldn't be pancaking someone with your fucking panzer. That's not, that's not where we should be. I mean, I agree. That's yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I don't even know how you draw that graph. That's as low (laughs) as you can be. And then they're like, so essentially let's, let's be clear about what Jason Patrick's arc is. Right pancakes a guy is confused that he smiled at him so then he gets a lesson in afghan uh ethics right right right. about being friendly to people and he goes hmm how civilized in a seemingly snarky condescending white guy voice right later when he tries to take the tank over by force after they kill his uh chess playing friend samed then after he tries to take the tank by force, presumably he would if he let's say he takes it over. Right. And George Zunga is out. Right. You think he's not going to shoot his way out of there <laughs> like he's going to go back to killing Afghans. Yeah, for not sure. Until he's then tied to a rock. And then they're like, just in case you don't know, this guy sucks. 
he fucking murders a dog with a grenade on accident. Even accidentally, the guy does a movie no-no and turns a dog into pudding, right, with his neck grenade. Right. <laughs> and so let's be 1,000% clear. At the end of the movie when he's going, hey, tank boy, and he's essentially doing the Warriors double Coke bottles, <laughs> this is not a man who's trying to spread the word of uh, being a better human. Right. This is a horrible murderer trying to kill the other horrible murders of the best at him. <laughs> he's just again it's one of those it's they spend a lot of time in this movie trying to it's the one thing i can't get over like the movie is very good yeah but it is the one huge problem this movie has is that the character that they're leaning all their empathy into is literally like starting at the bottom of the empathy meter of like this guy is a total (laughs) bastard like like you like he he pancakes a man he splatters a dog and then because he like puts on a vest and apologizes he's it's okay now like no sorry and also that (laughs) helicopter that picks up the helicopter his his redeeming quality essentially oh yeah I was like, essentially, the movie wants us to assume that his redeeming quality is that he at some point read a philosophy book. (laughs) And so they're like, see, good guy. And you're like, did he not get to the uh, thought experiment about should I or should I not murder a man in front of his wife? I was like, just because you read a philosophy book, I don't think you get a float away at the end like some avenging angel because you're above the fray. The first thing that happened when that guy got back to, uh, I don't know, wherever his station was, is he got brought in front of the central committee, and they're like, cool, you're a piece of shit. We're going to kill you or throw you in the gulag, whichever you want. It's up to you. Like, that's for sure what happened. No, 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 no. 1,000% he goes back to Mother Russia, and he's just like, those goddamn Afghans, they jumped us. Monsters. (laughs) That's what happens. Jason Patrick totally unlearns his respect for the culture. To get himself out of the gulag. Uh, there's yeah, you're no right. way Sorry. he goes back and gives. Yeah, there's no way he goes back and gives an honest accounting Sorry, of right. what happened. I forgot. This isn't Chernobyl. This isn't Chernobyl where someone does the noble thing at the end. They for sure do not. Yeah, no, there's no nobility in this movie. If the movie has a flaw to me, it's that at the end of the movie, they seem to tell me that the grieving women of this film, which are probably my favorite band of characters, right? They're willing to fight a tank to try to save her husband. Then later they're throwing rocks at Jason Patrick and they absolutely should have been able to finish him off. I think (laughs) right for the good of humanity, the husband should have let them fucking murder at the end. They let George Zunga go, right? For some reason, Jason Patrick's like all my comrades deserve to run off to their inevitable death with no shoes, no rations, whatever. Cause he says, I want you to, have to witness them win this war weird horrible psychological warfare i guess it's kind of morally justified anywho the wives bring back his fucking george zunga's bloody boots right in one of the weirdest deaths i've ever seen in a movie george zunga buttons his button up and goes afghanistan and then just gets fucking popped like a balloon (laughs) and they bring back his bloody boots and throw them at jason patrick's feet and he goes oh the vipers (laughs) And he fucking pirouettes into the fucking angelic harness because he's like, 
I can't. Right. And I was like, is this movie trying to tell me that those women are equally as barbaric and horrible as George Zunga's character? Because I was like, if anyone in that movie deserved fucking blood, absolute blood, it's that wife that when she begged for her husband's life and he said, show him what happens. Yeah, they should have smashed George Zunga's fucking face in with a rock. <laughs> like, and if the movie's trying to tell me that that was an equally reprehensible choice and that Jason Patrick ascended above this fray, that's yeah. crazy shit. No, I think that's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it made no sense to me that they were just like, no, no, he's cool. He's cool. And again, him like almost fainting after he sees his like blood, the bloodied clothing of his, like of his boss. I'm like, come on. This guy literally spent the entire movie trying to get away from this asshole. And you're telling me that he's like, it was, oh, it no, was he's five going. minutes after five minutes after he launched the RPG at the tank. And had he not hit the muzzle and missed would have absolutely annihilated all three of his friends <laughs> inside of the tank. Like, what are we talking yeah. about? The Jason Patrick. Here's the thing, though. I would push back slightly. I don't think it's a, a problem with the movie. Yeah, that's the wrong I don't way to say think it. the movie is asking us to expect him. I don't think the movie expects us to look at him as a sure. good man. I think what the movie says is, I think there's a, because I think George Zunga is the undeniable star of the movie. And for such a great character actor, it's fucking unbelievable to see him get a role like this and right. dominate. He fucking dominates as the tank he's excellent and i think in his quiet moments where he's trying to justify what he's done i think that's what the movie puts us in is that in jc patrick you know he has a gift in this movie of saying his inner uh philosophical debates out loud gift that's the way when he's like you know you can't be a good soldier in such a shitty war right i think you would argue that all wars are pretty fucking shitty Right. So George Zunga would, uh, has that amazing speech argument. where he talks about, you know, the uh, the Stalingrad, right, where he's like, you know, we didn't ask. We gave my mother gave my father gave. And he talked about that used to lower him on to tanks so he could defeat Nazi tanks and how he was once the villager himself fighting against this giant oppressive fucking beast. Right. And so watching a guy like George Zunga have to justify why. He thinks that he's doing the right thing over and over again. I think the movie is trying to tell us, don't think of any of these guys as good or bad guys, right? They are in this, they're not in the same world that we exist in day to day where you can make the good right. choice. Is that in war, every choice is inherently evil. Right. Yeah, I mean, that would, yeah, I mean, that's makes sense to me. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's a it's a straight like it's just a really good movie that covers something that I think often is not very nuanced in a very nuanced way. And like yeah, the and not to say that there's a lot of good war movies out there. I've seen lots like I think, you know, Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line, Apocalypse Now, Platoon, like there are movies that cover a lot of things that are very controversial i mean like obviously there's something controversial about world war ii other than the fact that no there's nothing like there are bad people and there are good people i guess but vietnam's a great vietnam's a great like ant well world war ii had one of the clearest like 
these guys right, were the bad sure. guys of all time. I mean, <laughs> right? Vietnam's a great analog for a lot of movies that do well because they're about the sort of about the sort of brutality and barbarity that people can experience within themselves when they're in something that they don't necessarily believe in. So I think that's the thing that I liked the most about this movie is that I did spend a decent amount of time, even though they followed orders the whole time, I did spend a lot of time thinking most of these guys probably don't necessarily believe in the mission at hand. Like between Stephen Baldwin being like the worst tank loader ever like it's the weirdest like again it's it's great but he's a great character actor so he does a really nice job and this is also yeah. when Stephen baldwin was like a very good actor this was right up this is leading up to like i would say the last i mean the last great thing he did was biodome but this was you know usual suspects good <laughs> um don harvey's great as the like second in command kind of guy and then yeah I, I just i think ultimately the thing that's wonderful about all of this oh man i, I keep forgetting eric avari the guy who plays samad he's just the guy in all these movies who ends up being i swear to god he's always the translator or he's always the you know friendly person Middle friendly person yeah, yeah. fr friendly arab person <laughs> like that's always the character he's playing yeah. i fucking loved him in this movie too this like yeah, but okay, so that's a great way to put it, right? Is that a lot of these to me the more a war movie comes up, right, above the ground, right? Tanks and planes, you start to lose me a little right. bit, right? What I think is fascinating about this one is that it kinda it it's I like the idea that this is a giant impenetrable fortress, right? right? It's a fortress on wheels. You watch them roll into that town and just decimate with gun and bullet and uh gas grenades are dropping out of the bottom right. of the tank it seems like you're invincible in there but when we cut inside of the tank no one in that tank feels safe and protected no. right and so you see this what i think the movie does well too is when you when you stuff these guys in this tank right there and i, I think george zunga with samed's character right uh that's probably one of the more interesting mm -hmm. parts because so Samed thinks he's a patriot, right? He is his country needs to move into the world. So he's doing what he can to get this over with as fast as he can. Right. Help. Well, the they say like his brother's part of the um, his brother's part of the Central Committee. Yeah. Like, sure. He's part of the Communist mm -hmm. Party now. So in, in theory, him and George Zunga characters are exactly aligned on right. motive. Right. But George Zunga to do what he does, right? To fucking willingly want to run over a guy. He has to think that everyone in Afghanistan is right. less than him. And so even though here is someone helping him achieve his mission with the skill set he needs, he still knows in his heart that Samed is right. a traitor, that Samed is a bad guy is less than, even though he is willingly chose like the rest of them were born into this. He chose to become a part right. of it. So in a way he believes more than anyone else in the tank. Mm -hmm. In that, watching George Zunga watch Samed, that's what this movie does well, right? Is that not only is this little, you know, part of the desert becomes this, you know, morality playground that is separate from right. our world. Even inside of that tank is an even smaller, more pressure-packed uh, morality tale sure. of its own. And that kind of stuff to me, like, one of the, I, I kind of laugh at the scene, but it is an interesting one, which is, when Samed goes down, right? He doesn't want to lose something that's so integral to his, uh, you know, his life, right? His religion. 
and he wants to say his prayers and he's like get in the river right. blah, 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 you know and it is this battle of how much are you willing right. to give right zunga shoots him in the back <laughs> jason patrick's character standing up and indignantly writing in his journal comedy gold that was a comedy <laughs> classic but it gets to the fact of then you get that great scene though of george zunga choosing what should and should not be in there when the you know brake fluid drinker throws right. that out later he's reading jason patrick's account of what's happening he's like there are things in here that would close all these doors for it and throws it out so you see that that in that moment right he's trying to just erase from reality what he's right. done and so this movie, by keeping it really small and really focused like that, I think you just get these really awesome ethical moments. And again, you're right. All of these actors just fucking deliver, yeah. man. Like It's just so fun to watch. I'm one of those guys. I The action of war movies loses my interest mm-hmm. a lot more than yeah, this no, stuff, I agree. right? It's, it's seeing what people do when confronted. Like, here's a great scene that I loved, right? It's kind of a microcosm of what I think this movie does well, which is there's something on the radar. They start firing, launching into the darkness, the unknown, and they annihilate everything in this circle. They go outside. It was just deer, right? These men in this unbelievable fortress that should protect them. They're so fucking scared. They just slaughtered a bunch of deer around them, right? The next morning, the Afghans are coming through, and they see the deer, and they go, the Russians just kill for fun. Right. And that myth building about each other, that's where this movie is fascinating. I mean, I think that's where this movie does all the work that you need it to do to make it a morality tale set inside a war. Like, just everything about, I I don't know if you felt this, but like, there's, when I was watching it, for me, when it's those guys, there's shades of like Fury. Like, Fury obviously is the first thing I thought of. Oh, for sure. yeah, Fury Fury borrows a lot from yeah. this. <laughs> but yeah. I also think like anytime you're putting actors like that in a small space and like having them have to play off each other like that, like that's to me you're there's no way you're not gonna get a good performance out of these guys. I think that's the thing I like the most about everything that happens in this movie is that Yeah, that scene particularly is a great example. When they're just spinning around, firing on all cylinders, doing the whole thing and they get out and they realize it's deer, like Again, it's 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 a perfect summation. You're right. It's a perfect summation of the movie and like what it does really well, which is give all these guys something to do, but let them all play off each other. There's another thing that this movie does. And it's a really interesting directing choice, but they constantly zoom in. They constantly do these close up shots on uh, George Zunz's eyes while he's like rea- not even a reaction to things, but it's literally like it's almost just like a B roll cutaway of his demeanor it's not even a reaction shot it's just look how out of touch this guy is look how 100 yards stare this guy's it's beyond 100 yards it's literally just glazed over he's tired he's not even i guess tired is the wrong word he's lying in wait that's how i put it he's lying in wait i think it's yeah his eyes are so active because what we the audience are experiencing is what is he writing in his head to justify his next action right like one of the things they come back to a couple times in the movie, which is probably the most insidious shit in the movie, is oh the poisoning God, yeah. of water sources. When he poisons that water and he tries to lure all the Afghans in, right? You're like, what a fucking yeah. scumbag. And then later, those very, ru- like the Russians that are there to help them yep. refuel, they all die from the water. 
And the second in command has the audacity to say, I fucking hate this country. And it's like, bitch, that water wasn't poisoned until yeah. you did it. Hate your own fucking country. It's, but that kind of stuff, right? So for George Zunga to see that and be unmoved, he's just like, it happens, right. it's war. When you get those really close-ups, right? Because they also, they always match that, too. Because I like when they do the Zunga close-ups of him actively writing his own paranoid narrative, right? Right. Then right. they cut outside of the tank to these fucking wide vistas, right? Completely fucking empty. They're so empty and so vast that this feels like this little microscopic, you know, speck on the horizon. But it's looming like this, oh, it's this magic giant monster of destruction. I don't know. I, I think that... It, it just there's so many little small still moments right that's where this movie thrives and i think for me that's when all war movies are at their yes. best right it's not that the planes and the tanks shooting at each other it's the down in the dirt you are staring into the eyes of another human being and deciding if you're willing to take that life for whatever cause or to save your own life or you're holding someone who you cherish uh, and watching their light go out, like those moments are so visceral and they're so written into our DNA to have enormous impact, right? That's where these yeah. movies soar. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's like I can watch Transformers punch each other in right, Michael Bay right. movies, right? If it doesn't have anything underneath it, it's just that. And, you know, after like 30 minutes, that you're like, I fucking get it. Robots right. can punch. What else do you have? Please, God, give me something. And if this was just them driving through in a tank, boom, 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 annihilating villages, it right. doesn't work. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it's not one of those – it's not a war movie. It's not an action movie, for that matter, that rests on the laurels of action. It rests – like, the real meat of the movie rests in the characters and these guys who are actually experiencing and going through this. Like, granted, again – Jason Patrick's arc is a little bit of a facade. Not really a lot there because he totally is going to get away with it. Yeah. Not a little bit. 100% <laughs> sham wow. Sham wow that we're expected to believe but that shit. It's still within <laughs> the context of the movie and while you're watching it, still compelling. Again, we have the benefit of talking yeah. about it on a podcast afterwards and be like, huh, that guy seems full of shit, doesn't he? But like within the context yeah. and during the movie, you're like, I'm, I'm moved in a little, in a bit. Like, yeah, and that's the thing, man. In these situations, your enemy's enemy is your friend, and that can switch really fast. To me, the the scene that I'll remember the most, I think, right, besides the fucking tank crushing scene, um, is when they, they hit the canyon, right? And uh, it feels like God's intervening, like you can't get out of here. The helicopter lands, and they're saved. They can all get on the plane and just fucking leave. Right. It's over, right? Everyone can just go home. But George Zunga doesn't like the idea that they're going to scrap his tank. So he says, get your fuel. Tell him to meet us with more fuel. We're driving this fucking right. tank out, right? And you see the other guy scream like, why can't we go on the helicopter? They're done. But they're so afraid that he'll shoot. Because there's that great scene where he just kind of casually aims the 50 cal at the helicopter. And they're like, this guy will fucking murder a fellow Russian to save his tank from these perceived invaders. And all of the psychology happening in that moment, right? That here is this man who does monstrous things because he thinks it's important. And this tank is the world he thinks he controls. But now he's losing even that. And without that tank and the false narrative that he's in control of that, 
what does he have? Like the psychology that's going on in that very fast scene is so wide and deep. Yeah. And that's that's just what this movie does exceptionally well. By, by instead of looking at the bigger, you know, Russia versus Afghanistan, but just pulling it down to a Lord of the Flies yeah. level of intimacy, it just becomes so memorable and so yeah. engaging. Almost I agree. I think setting morale details in the context of war that have nothing to do with the overall conflict itself, but like tangentially <laughs> in it own, and it's on its own. I mean, this is the kind of movie, this is the kind of war movie that if you don't like war movies is going to fucking get you going for sure. I mean, I just, I don't see how you could watch this movie and not be moved in some way. I, I think that's a huge testament to what Agreed. it accomplishes. Um, that's it, guys, for The Beast, a.k.a. The Beast of War. Thank you, Nick, for the really submission. Um, I just love when we find something we've never totally. seen, let alone heard of, and it's this fucking good. I'm so glad we got to add an episode about it. I hope you enjoyed your stocking stuffer, Nick. Um, that's it, guys. Make sure to leave us rating and reviews wherever you find the show, especially Apple Pod. Quick five-star, quick sentence that says why you love us so much and would never go to war with us. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Get some sweet swag. Find us on social media. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. One more stocking stuffer, the last of the best year we've ever had on the podcast, The Poseidon Adventure. Uh, so tomorrow, get your stocking stuff for the last time, friends. Uh, we'll see you there. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino.